This is Dale Buckter's Financial Clinic. Securities are offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Dale Buckner, Inc. is a registered investment advisory firm. Dale Buckner, Inc. and United Planners are not affiliated. This is Dale Buckner's Financial Clinic, visiting with Tom Clark. Tom, I, I mean, I really have always been presenting you as one of the preeminent uh, experts in Social Security. And so I, I have great news for you. A whole lot of my clients are already reaching Social Security age. So yeah, a lot of the vast majority of my clients are already over 62. And the ones that aren't are really starting to feel the heat of getting ready for Social Security and starting to really want to make some good plans. And so I, I really, when I come back in here, when should my clients start taking Social Security? They want, they want to have the maximum income possible. So when right. should they start taking Social Security? Well, and of course, uh, you know, uh, let me preface this by saying you, uh, I'll talk about Social Security kind of in isolation here, but they really can't make that decision in isolation of their other financial circumstances. They need to look because sometimes it might be the case where somebody might need to take an early benefit. Say, for example, if it's 2009, their 401k is down 50 percent. It might have made sense to take a reduced benefit then to avoid taking money out of your 401k while the market's down. Of course, that's something, Dale, for you to like to help them make that decision, of course. But uh, so I, this is all I'm talking about now, Social Security in isolation, but people do need to look at their whole financial circumstances and talk to you if they're your clients before they make that decision. But in general, I think it's best, at least for the higher earning member of the couple, to wait as long as possible to take their benefits. I, I think, and I think you agree with me, the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they take the benefits too early. And actually, it, the benefits are reduced for each month they're younger than their full retirement age, which is somewhere between 65 and 67, depending on the year of birth. So they're reduced for each month they take it before then, but actually for your own benefits. Now, spouses and widows don't go up if you wait past full retirement age, but your own retirement benefits go up at 8% a year from your full retirement age until age 70. And uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a substantial amount. And so particularly for the higher member, earning member of the couple, the one with a higher benefit, if they can, without making any kind, you know, without doing something that's disadvantageous to them, if they can wait till 70 for the higher earning one, if they're the average couple, they'll draw a lot more money by that higher one waiting till 70. And the reason it pays most people to wait as long as possible to take those benefits is because when people start living longer, Insurance companies, for example, can change their tables anytime they choose, which they've done. That's why life insurance costs less now than it did 30 years ago. We're living longer. Social security tables are based in law. It takes an act of Congress to change them, which they haven't really touched other than raising full retirement age a little bit. And we're already living longer than they thought we're going to when they did that. Now, Social Security started paying reduced benefits in 1958. By reduced benefits, that means we could withdraw your benefit before your full retirement age. And full retirement age back then was 65. So what that means is basically the reduction for taking the benefit early is based on how long the average 65-year-old, how many more years they lived in 1958. 
<laughs> We're living a lot longer past 65 on average than people did in 1958. That's why it pays most people to wait as long as possible. Um, the average person will draw a lot more money by waiting as long as possible. Now, having said that, I don't necessarily think it's best for the younger, the, the one with the lower benefit amount to wait till 70 also. Uh, you know, because once, once one of the members of the couple dies, the survivors just draw that one higher check. For example, if the husband's check was 3,000 a month and the wife's was 2,000, once what, if, if they're both for retirement age when one of them passes away, the survivors draw that one $3,000 check. So to me, it makes a lot of sense to maximize the higher check. I don't necessarily think it makes a whole lot of sense to maximize both checks, because why maximize both when when one pass away, you just down that one higher check. And it varies depending on their benefit amounts. I do a lot of personal consultations. And I found sometimes for people living the average lifespan, they draw more money if the one with the lower benefit takes as early as possible, say at 62, while the one with the higher one waits till 70. It's not always the case, but quite often it is. And also, I think if the one with the lower benefit starts taking their checks early, it makes it easier, both financially and psychologically, for the other one to wait till 70, it seems like. As I kind of come back into a follow-up here, <clears throat> I have a, a study that I'm doing right now with a client that is contemplating delaying their Social Security at age 70, uh, the wife has already been taking her. She's only getting $800 a month. And at some point in the future, he's going to be getting somewhere around $3,500 to $4,000 a month. Now, can she get half of that? No. Uh, it depends on where that figure's from. I know common laws is the wife gets half the husband's check, but when it comes to Social Security, Common knowledge is always wrong, no exception <laughs> to that rule. The, the, the spousal benefit is not based on half of that wager's check. It's based on half of their unreduced full retirement age amount. So, for example, if he waits till 70, her benefit on his record is not based on half of that. It's based on half of his 66 to 67 amount, whatever his full retirement is meant. It's always based on half of that. And the difference, what she could draw in his record, they take half of his full retirement age amount minus her full retirement age amount. If she's full retirement age or over at that point, they would add that to what she's drawing now. If she's younger than full retirement age, they reduce that difference for each month. She's younger than that age and then add that to what she's drawing now. So the only way she would ever get exactly half of his is if they both took it at full retirement age, and she wasn't do more based on her own work. That's oh, the yeah. way her check would go. The dean filing rule, is that something that... that That's you, right. When you, when you file, when your spouse is living, it's different for widows and widowers. But if your spouse is living, whenever you file on your own record, you're also automatically filing on your spouse's record if they're drawing their benefits at that point. When you file for spouse's benefits, when your spouse is living, you're automatically filing on your own. And you have to take your own first in that situation. Now, occasionally... Um, Real life interferes with everybody's family, and there's a divorce in the family, and uh, and so if one of these uh, clients of mine happens to, and I, I've got bad news for you, uh, several of my clients have been divorced in the past, and how how does that all 
how does divorce work into the deciding okay. when social security? And, and well, it's, first of all, there's a big misconception about divorce benefits. People think that if they're married at least 10 years are automatically entitled to benefits on a, their divorce spouse's record. That's not true. It just makes them potentially eligible. So for example, to receive benefits on a divorce spouse's record, you had to be married at least 10 years to them. You have to be unmarried. And then you have to meet all the same requirements a current wife or widow has to meet, which if that ex-spouse is living, you have to not be entitled to more based on your own work. You have to take your own first. You have to be at least 62 if that ex-spouse is living. You have to be at least 60 to draw divorced widow's benefits. And the one exception to uh, not to being unmarried is if, if that ex-spouse is deceased, you could draw benefits on their record as a divorced widow or divorced widower as long as you didn't remarry before you were 60. If your current marriage started after you were 60 and that ex-spouse is deceased, you could still draw those divorced widows or widowers benefits. I always marvel at how convoluted some of these and things happen where you really have to be real careful about how you interpret it's there's sort of rule of thumb and then you say but when this happens something else happens yeah 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 and, and you know what congress does is congress responds to real life over the last 80 years that social security existed or so and so situations come up and they realize maybe they needed to add some exceptions in such as that remarriage after age 60 which also applies to current widows not just divorced widows i, I do want to spend a little bit of time and say that uh, at dale buck drink we do give complimentary consultation. Uh, and most of the time we can answer the more simple areas. And then we visit often with a client asking Tom Clark to really step in and, and do a consultation. And, uh, and so if you do want to give us a call, we'll be glad to put you in contact with Tom and let him, and, and he does a consultation. There, there is a, a fee involved. I, I, can you, Tell a little bit about that, how that works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I charge $150 for a consultation, and I don't put the clock on it. If it takes longer than average, that's, that's okay. And, of course, if, if somebody, for example, is going to receive a pension based on work, not covered Social Security, like uh, some government employees, maybe some teachers, uh, that, that, that I'll do a lot more work before I even talk to them time-wise than talking to them because that's a very complex computation. But I don't put the clock on it. $150. I do cover both Social Security and Medicare. In those consultations, and uh, and I, I like to do include the spouse, the both both members of the couple in that, so we're making uh, you know informed decisions on, on all those issues. I, I do have to see their social security statements ahead of time because I do need those to do those computations. If uh, you'd like to visit with Tom and and schedule a consultation, we usually set that up through our office at Dale Buckner Inc. Give us a call at 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN. You can email me at dale at dalebuckner.com, and we'll be glad to get you in touch with Tom. And, and Tom, if, uh, do you feel comfortable giving your numbers, or do you want to – do would you rather yeah. just go this kind of – yeah, have them go to you you first. Yeah, yeah have them go through you. would be fine. That'd be fine with me. Yeah, we, we usually kind of do that. A lot of times we're able to answer the, the more simple questions. And then uh, 
that way you're uh, you're able. We don't charge. We you are sure sure consultation to just get to know folks and yeah, be able yeah. to answer simple comp with consultation. And then uh, every now and then, <laughs> I, I'm going to say more than ever now and then, yeah. uh, it is really a good idea to be visiting with uh, the expert that can really get into uh, the uh, consultation. Let's go ahead and take a break and. Uh, those numbers again are 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN. This is Dell Buckner's Financial Clinic. We're visiting with Tom Clark. We've really been trying to answer that hardest question that everybody has as they want to go into retirement is how to get the most money out of Social Security, get the, the biggest check they can possibly get. And I, I kind of want to kind of expand on that a little bit. When you're getting the biggest check, does it actually, can it go up after retirement? Yes, yes, yes it certainly can. Uh, first of all, it automatically goes up with cost of living raises. And you start getting those after you're 62, whether you're drawing your benefits or not. So delaying taking your benefits doesn't cost you any of those cost of living raises. You get those once you're 62, even if you're not drawing your benefits yet. Uh, but one, one, uh, one of the biggest misconceptions about Social Security that feeds into this is how benefits are computed. Because the most common misconceptions are they use your last three or last five years of earnings to compute your benefit amount. And that's never been remotely close to being true. Your benefit is based on your highest 35 years of earnings, highest 35 years. A self-employed person contacted me recently. He was... Uh, 60 years old, and he said, when do I, you know, he said, I've always tried to take legally the maximum amount of, of business expenses to bring my net profit down, which brings down his Social Security because it brings down how much accounts for Social Security. He says, when do I need to start making more money and taking less deductions to, to maximize my check? And he was thinking they use your last three or last five years of earnings. Unfortunately, the answer was you need to start 30 years ago to start doing that, basically. It's too late now because the last years don't mean more than any other. Before they pick out those high 35 years, though, they go back and adjust all those past year's earnings for inflation, turn them into current dollars. For example, let's say somebody made $16,000 in 1975. Now, that doesn't sound like a high salary, does it? But in 1975, that was a great salary. You could buy two Corvettes for that kind of money in 1975. $16,000 in 1975 is more than 100000 in today's dollars. They do that with every of your earnings and then pick out the high 35. And they always use a high 35. So if you work after you're receiving benefits, if you earned more this year, then the highest inflation adjusted year they already used, they drop that low one, plug that higher one in and raise, raise the check. So, so yes, it can go up. You can actually have an increasing amount even after, does that go even after 70? After it, there's, there's, no, there's no limit to it. There's no limit to it. Now, the people who get the most benefit of that are maybe people who hadn't worked in 35 years before they started drawing benefits because they're replacing a zero year each time. And uh, you know, a lot of people tell me that they'll say, I know I made more, more this year than I did back in 1980 but it might not be more than 1980s earnings after you adjust them for inflation. So it has to be higher than the lowest inflation adjusted year of those 35 they already used for it to raise the benefit amount. But yeah, there's no cap to it. Yeah, and now uh, give me some good news about 
inflation. If if we have an inflationary year, what happens? Uh, and when when am I expecting to get an increase in my Social Security check? Okay, well, they're always effective in the December checks, which are the checks that actually come in January. So there'll be a cost of living raise in the checks that come in January. And it's just automatic. Congress doesn't have to do anything. It's automatic. Whatever the rate of inflation is, according to the consumer price index, everybody gets that percentage increase. So they're actually expecting, we'll know probably maybe by the time this airs, we'll know what that increase is, but they're expected to be about a 6% raise somewhere in that neighborhood in the, in the January check. So it's just automatic. In my career at Social Security, I saw uh, cost of the raises of more than 11% back when inflation was, was way too high to down to zero in uh, the years when the recession hit and there was actually deflation. Now prices go down, people's checks don't go down, but they don't of course get a cost of living raise either. It usually averages over the long run 3%, but can vary a lot from, from one extreme to the other. So I imagine if we actually had some deflation, your check wouldn't go down, but you'd have to catch back up again on the- That's right, that's right, that's why, yeah. There were a couple of years in there when we actually had some deflation. There was, and there was actually, it was right before the, the recession started, people don't realize, but we're talking about 12 years ago or so, 12, 13 years ago, right before that recession started, gasoline was up to almost $5 a gallon. Now, people forget that, but that was actually, it actually was 12, 13 years ago, gasoline was about $5 a gallon. And so people got a big cost of living raise based because that, that increased prices. People got a big cost of living raise that year. And then the next year recession hit and prices went down. Well, even when prices start going back up, they don't get a raise till prices go back above that level they already got the raise for. <laughs> and so that took about two or three years before there was actually, actually, and we, we've got, we've been in a low, low inflation environment up till now, ever since. And so people have gotten used to very low cost of living raises, but this year is going to be fairly substantial one at right around 6%. If you'd like to have a consultation with Tom Clark, if, Tom, tell us a, just a, briefly your, credentials so that if someone okay. would like to know why they'd be calling you some sure, better than sure. someone else. Yeah, well, I worked 33 years at Social Security. Uh, mm -hmm. I, was, I, was, I was a public affairs specialist most of that time, but I was also a claims representative, a supervisor, a field representative. So I've done just about everything there. And then as a public affairs specialist, I made more than 6,000 presentations like this, did radio shows, uh, a few podcasts, but I retired before podcasts got that popular. Uh, but th since I retired, I still do the same thing. I still do seminars, podcasts like this, radio shows, and, uh, and I do personal consultations uh, for people. And, and really, it's, I, I sort of, you know, there's been a, something I could take advantage of because used to Social Security could really, people could go to Social Security and ask questions and be there for a long time and just cover all those scenarios. But Social Security employees don't have that kind of time now. There are a bunch of us baby boomers Today, whatever, whatever day this program airs, 14,000 people will file for Social Security retirement benefits that day. And, and we, got, we got a hard break here, Tom. So let okay. me give those numbers. If you'd like to have a complimentary consultation with Dale Buckner, Inc., a certified financial planner, I'm not the only one there. Give us a call. We'll be glad to sit down with you, talk about your Social Security check. It's 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLANE. You can email me at dale at dalebuckner.com. But if you more, if 
we find that you would really benefit from a consultation with Tom Clark and really get into the nitty gritty about how to make your social security check larger, then give us a call. Again, those numbers are 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN. 